Hi, thank you for joining me. My name is John Newby. This is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb Podcast. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the news lately, especially with the transgender movement in Canada and the COVID shots and all this other stuff. And that stuff is important. And again, I do cover that a lot on my podcast, a lot more than on my YouTube channel for sure. Uh, however, um, it's supposed to be about God and Today, we're going to discuss something, an apologetic point uh, perspective, excuse me, about the Holy Spirit being God. Now, it's I make no bones about it. I absolutely am a Trinitarian. I believe in Father, Son, and Spirit are all co-equal, co-eternal, and have coexisted together in union together, three distinct uh, persons, if you want to call it that, and one being of God. One being of Yahweh. Okay. Now I do uh, think there is a lot of validity to the monarchia, which means that uh, the father is um, different in role, but not in essence. Like for instance, he's the top, if you want to call it that, monarchia, like a monarchy. However, he's 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 uh, not greater in essence, just role. Okay. But that's for another topic. But there's certain qualities that God has that no other creature or force can have. Now, when we think about God, certain attributes or positions or titles that he has, it cannot be applied to any other thing besides God. What are some of those things? For instance, God is omnipresent. God is eternal. He has no beginning he has no end. Okay? Now, there's also some other things that we can look at as, as far as God and his attributes, but also where he is right now. So, if I asked you to answer this question in your mind, where is God right now? You could say he's everywhere. He's inside me. He sealed me. Where is he physically? It says God is spirit. And he's manifested himself as the Son. And he's manifested himself as the Holy Spirit. And there's God the Father. Where is God at right now? Like physically. Where is the Lamb at right now? Jesus is God. Where is he right now? Well, he's on the throne. When we read in Revelation, he's on the throne of God. Throne. Singular throne. There's no sigma. There's no plural at the end of a throne. It's throne, not thrones. Throne. So, whenever I, again, this is coming from an apologetics perspective. Whenever I watch stuff on Instagram or YouTube or listen to uh, cults like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, uh, Muslims, they try, they, they mostly attack the deity of Christ, there's no question. Very seldom do they attack the deity of the Holy Spirit. But today, we're going to cover some scripture that without question proves the Holy Spirit is God. Without question. Because remember, going back to what we just talked about, no creature... Nothing can sit on the throne of God besides God.
That's it. And we're going to look at Revelation and the book of John and even the book of Isaiah. And we're going to see where the Holy Spirit is, where he's been, and where he came from. Okay? So, now we're going to go to, let me look at my verse here. Revelation 22 one through three, okay? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Revelation 22. If you don't, then I'm going to read to you. All right, and that's fine. You can follow along. I'm reading from the 1995 NASB version, okay? All right, so now this is the Apostle John, and he wrote, and this is what he showed, or excuse me, this is what he wrote. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Okay, first of all, this is a massive, massive Trinitarian verse. And it's, it's, so, it's so beautiful and loud. A lot of people read right past it, but they're looking at the trees and missing the forest. Just listen to what it says. And then we're going to go to the same author who wrote Revelation, which is the Apostle John. And we're going to see he uses the same language applied to the Holy Spirit in the book of John. Remember, this is the same author. The same author. We'll start again. Revelation 22. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, Coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Okay, so it's coming from where? This crystal or this river of water of life, clear and crystal. Coming from what? Coming from the throne. Coming from the throne. Where God and of the Lamb. In the middle of it, it's a street. On either side of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of trees were in the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. Okay, so we have a singular throne. It, the, talk, the, the, the Apostle John singled out this a water of life coming from the throne. Then he also said the lamb and he also said God. So he has three distinct, three distinct persons here on the throne of God. Oh, where does it say that? All right, go to the same writer. John chapter seven, verse 38. John chapter seven, verse 38. Let me turn to it. Okay. Okay. This is Christ speaking. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed... In him were to to receive, 
For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, Jesus literally calls and uses the analogy of living, of flowing living waters about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus has, a, has put that title or that um, analogy to the Holy Spirit for John to write down for us to understand and for us to get some, to wrap our created, minuscule, simpleton minds around the identity of God. Again, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to be received, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Do you understand that so far? Okay, so then... When we go to Isaiah. Now go to Isaiah 32, 15. Isaiah 32, 15. All right. So the glorious future. So this is about the coming of the Lord. And then when we see verse, we read verse 15, we get more inclination of where the Holy Spirit is coming from. Not only did we read he comes from the throne, but this is also prophesied about in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 15, until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fertile field. So the Spirit is talked about being poured out from on high. Think about that. Only God comes from on high. Only God comes from on high. And when you read the book of Isaiah, it's just littered with um, Messianic prophecies and the Holy Spirit. It's all through there. There's a reason why it's called the fifth gospel. Okay. It's got like, okay, for instance, you just go to the next chapter, uh, chapter 34, verse uh, 16. His mouth can be commanded and his spirit has gathered them. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to view the spirit as a force or like a speaker um, wavelength when it's talking, it's using uh, possessive verbs and pronouns and things like that. So it's, it doesn't make any sense to, to view it any other way. So again, the reason why I stress so much on my channel and on my podcast, um, the identity of God is because whenever you read scripture from the old to the new Testament, there's always a a vibe or a feeling that God is, first of all, he compares it to a, a marriage. So how can you be married to someone if you don't know who that person is? Like picture your wife or your husband and you're married to this person and you don't know anything about them. You don't know their true identity. So you can't really have a successful marriage or relationship if you don't know the identity of who, you, who you're married to. And that's why God gets so mad in the Old Testament and the New about people bringing false idols into the church or bringing um, uh, idol worship into their lives. God's a jealous God. You were bought with a price. So I look at this from an apologetics perspective because 
you got to understand throughout the history of time, uh, the enemy has attacked the identity of God with all these false religions and all these cults from Jehovah's Witnesses to Mormonism to Islam to Buddhism to Hindu, all these other beliefs that don't lead to Christ, the true Christ. Because they, worship, they, they believe in a Christ that doesn't save or they don't believe in Christ at all. Because there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. And you have to know who the Son is. You have to know. You have to worship God the way that He wants to be worshipped. He is deserving of that. He is, um, there's there's no other way of pleasing Him. Like, look at, look at the, the book of Exodus whenever everyone started worshipping the cow. If any way of worship was acceptable to God, then he wouldn't have got upset about that. But you have to worship God the way he wants to be worshipped. He makes it very clear about his identity. So that's why I stress this stuff so much. Because you can't have a relationship with God if you don't know who he is. So whenever a Muslim or a Jehovah's Witness, whenever a Muslim believes that, um, the Holy Spirit is, isn't God and believes that Jesus is just a prophet and that he wasn't put on the cross and he didn't resurrect. And when, or a, a Jehovah's witness believes that he, that Jesus is Michael, the archangel and that, that, uh, the Holy Spirit is just like a, a force, like the, like Star Wars or some type of speaker, um, pulsating wind. And it doesn't have a personal experience. It doesn't have attributes. Okay, our Mormons believe that Jesus is the brother of Satan. That he was created. He's just a created being. From God the Father having a child through one of his millions of, of a, uh, wives on a distant planet. Yeah, this is, this is true. That's what they believe. That's a Christ that doesn't does not save. That's a Holy Spirit that cannot seal you. The Holy Spirit is God. I just proved it to you. That's called exegesis. That's when you prove the scripture through the scripture. Especially whenever you have the same writer who wrote both books, two out of the three books we just examined. And it's important that you know this stuff. It's important that you know this about the Holy Spirit. I don't I've always felt the Holy Spirit doesn't get the credit he deserves. It's uh he seems to be something that's not he seems to be a subject that's not spoken about enough. He's the one that literally seals you for your salvation. He came, he is, and was on a throne with God and the Lamb. Who do you think the Lamb is? Do we really need to exegete the scripture in Revelation to show you that Jesus is the Lamb? Nothing can sit on the throne besides God. Nothing. Not a creature. Nothing. The living watchers came from the throne of God. Singular throne. See, this is where Trinitarians get their theology from. 
doesn't 100% make sense to me. Three distinct persons, one being, doesn't, doesn't uh, 100% make sense to me. But God's greater than anything we can ever comprehend or understand. And for people to base their theology on trying to wrap their mind around it so, and trying to put God in a box so they can digest it correctly is blasphemy in itself. Because my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So you, you can't put God in that type of perspective. You have to read scripture in its entirety and you can't single out one verse and then say, here's what I'm going to base my theology on this. You have to read the entirety of scripture. You got the book of Isaiah talking about the Holy Spirit coming from high, the spirit of God coming from on high. You got the spirit in the, in the book of Genesis who's creating because only God can create, right? Hovering over the waters. I mean, it's literally within the first few verses. And then Jesus says, you can't, the, the only unforgivable sin is to blasphemy the Holy Spirit. You can't blaspheme anything but God. And then Jesus calls the Holy Spirit living waters. And then in the book of John, and the same writer in the book of Revelation writes that the living waters came from the throne of God, where the Lamb and God is. One singular throne. So when you start putting all these verses together, you start coming with a the best comprehensible understanding we can have of God. Okay? So, it's important you know who God is. How can you have a relationship with God if you don't know who He is? You need to understand that. And you also need to understand the enemy's number one MO is to attack the identity of God. He's done so through Islam. He's done so through cults throughout the ages. And he'll continue to do it. And that's why he's going to be burning hell for eternity. You got any questions or comments? Go ahead and send me a message. Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.